here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. And today I am very pleased to bring forward a person who I did not know about until the Smash World Tour, but who do I know about Mech now? Putting Frog Esports' very own Mech, who is making waves out here in the net plays, net play events, excuse me, for all the melee tournaments that the hardcore watchers and lurkers and chatter viewing on a week to week, night to night basis. Mech, I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Cypher. And not only the hardcore watchers, you also went a little bit viral on the RSSBM Reddit. Of what is what do they call it? That's not a community. It's not a thread. They call it like a subreddit. There we go. Yes, you had that really nice comeback, taking four stocks straight off of Ben. You had just this insane focus, and you could tell it was really tense, really tight. But you played about as well as someone under a lot of pressure can do. I think there's probably not a lot of feelings out there that rival when you go to the deepest place that you need to to pull out a win and you succeed. So you could, we could talk about that clip first. I mean, describe what was going through your mind while you were trying to win that game versus Ben. Yeah, so that was in Grands. I had beat Ben previously in the bracket. Uh, I knew he was going to adapt. And I, it was a long day. You know, I've been working on my energy. I've been getting fit. Uh, and you know what? I was down and... You know, a lot of times you want to just give up. A lot of times you were like, this, this can't happen. But as a champ, if you're trying to be number one, if you're trying to work hard and get better, you need to have control over your mind and thoughts. You push those away immediately. You tell yourself you can do it. And you silence your thoughts and only focus in the game. You allow the game in so that you can do your work. Where the, the thought process for you is get rid of that thought process. Just clear away everything that sort of distracts and let the game actually reach a deepest part of the deep enough part of you where you can play sort of like just carefree is not the right word, but would you describe it as sort of like hitting that flow state that people talk about? I would describe it as a meditative state. I think that melee is such a game, it's so deep, all-encompassing, that it demands the entire human soul. You cannot be looking at anything else, you cannot be encompassed by, you cannot be distracted, you must fully be absorbed. And that is why it is a beautiful art. I love hearing people talk about melee like an art form. You know, I love even watching Zane streams where people sort of kind of make fun of Zane a little bit. They also respect him as an insanely awesome competitor but i think that zane is probably one of the high top players that also talks the least especially while doing hardcore practice friendlies with other top players and just sort of like nods to stream at the most during those during some of those parts of his stream now of course is very entertaining and will talk to chat and everything else like that during other parts of his stream but zane strikes me as someone who embraces that mindset as well just saying i have to remove everything else What's in front of me is melee, and I want to make sure that I can tap into the deepest part of myself to be able to improve my craft, to win the match, to whatever the purpose is while playing melee. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, if you take a look at Zane, his stream style, I mean, we have a lot of stream styles around here. We have the Mango. He's a pure entertainer. I mean, he's just going. He's laughing. He's like uh, putting out a matches. He's like, no, nah, let's redo that. Or he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, talk he's talking shit. 
if you look at Zayn, it's very clear that he comes from a competitive standpoint. He's there to grind. He The streaming seems secondary to him, and he is focused. He is a champion mentality where he wants to get better. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Ooh, that was pretty cool. And he'll, you know, sometimes he does mix into a freestyle where he's trying to get a clip, like he's side being in midair, like he's doing these extensions. That's cool too. I see him moving towards more of an entertainment side with his recent developments with Moki. Yes, the Zane Moki Fridays. Those are all really cool as well. So when you think about where you are right now, and I would love to talk about the origin story and how we get to this spot, but when you think about where you are right now, you have your stream as well, so we'll be sure to plug that. Uh, well, I should plug it now, but I can't remember. Is it so SSB much. Mech? It is SSB Mech. That, uh, okay, so awesome, yes. And that's how it is for Twitter. For anyone who's watching and listening, by the way, you know, links in the description below, and we'll plug you again at the end. But Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll plug you again at the end, yes, absolutely. But... You, what are you shooting for when you're doing your stream and who inspires you the most to kind of emulate yourself after while also, you know, being you, not to copy anyone one-to-one -one directly? Well, I'm inspired by many and my sole purpose is to inspire others. I recognize Melee as a deep competitive outlet for anyone. I would call it Smash Brothers. We are a brotherhood. We have females. We have the trans, we are community all together. And the point of competitive game, a competitive outlet is to get better. We all make each other better. This game is hard and you have to get into a meditative state. You have to combat negativity. You have to be and wrangle with yourself and your mind. And what I want to do is show that I will not give up until I am the number one Falcon, until I'm the number one best player that I can be. And what I am doing is I am giving myself, I am amplifying my being and my purest being out into the stream so people can see that they can do it too. I love that because a little bit part of what I'm doing here is to show that I'm not necessarily a great player and I do enter events. It's just that I... Yeah, it does go super well for me, but I decided to finally take that step forward, right? We were talking a little bit about this before we officially started recording. I didn't get into Melee until 2021, despite not really, sorry, despite the fact that in 2006, that's when I first found out about it and I thought, oh, cool. And it just took me that long. So for you, we wow. don't get to this place from day one to day two. There's an origin story here and I love hearing about those. So for you, how did you get into Melee? Wow. Well, I started playing Melee around the time it got out. I had a GameCube. I really enjoyed the game because I had played Smash 64 before. Super fun. Smash 64. Super fun game. Our, a classic, our favorite. We always put in Smash 64 when I was with my friends, my young young child, six, seven years old, playing on the N64. My God, it was so much fun. And for parties and get-togethers. Now, when I got a GameCube, that's when I got Melee. And I love playing with my cousin. I love playing with my friends. Uh, my sister, she played Peach. She would spam forward tilt over and over. And it was like... <laughs> Oh my God, it's like this move. It's like just sending me up. It's not even killing me. Like, what do we got to, you got to use that C stick. And uh, yeah, it was um, clearly the best game out of my artillery of journeys or, uh, you know, into other games. Yeah. It was the best one. 
it was the best one, and I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, it was around the time that I that it came out that I started actually playing the game. But we all don't find out about the competitive community right away. And if this is 2001 and you're six, seven, eight years old, it's not necessarily the, th the first thought process of I'm going to go onto the internet where YouTube doesn't exist, where social media doesn't really exist yet. And, you know, there's a bunch of forums. Even Smashboard in 2001 wasn't a thing yet. So when did you first find out that Melee could be an amazing game, even when you take it up to the level of competitive, because not every game is like that, as you know. There are games where, yeah, it's fun to play casually, and then when somebody tries to be competitive, it just maybe the experience starts to sour a little bit, or you go, well, I don't really like the game enough to do that myself. But for Melee, we know how much you enjoy competing and how much you want to get better. So when did you first find out Melee is not only great to play casually, with items on, all the stages, but then can be turned into a beautiful competitive game. So the set that got me turned on to tech, looking at uh, pro matches, trying to see tournaments, get better at uh, Melee, it actually started with Brawl. And in Brawl, I watched one set that changed it all. On my iMac computer at my house, I saw the Mewtwo King versus Salem. Apex match. Oh this yeah, I yep. Mm -hmm. Salem's Zero Suit Samus, okay? This guy may say that Melee's not part of the community, years of research, but this guy inspired. And the, he took Zero Suit Samus, which is a character that nobody really thought was good, and he went up against Mewtwo King's Meta Knight. When a Meta Knight is an S-plus tier character, impossible to beat, but he took Mewtwo King's game 10, I believe. And he won. And the last stock, I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't believe a game like this I had loved for so long. Smash could be that exciting. And after that, I started trying to figure out Brawl Marth, Brawl Ike. And this was um, probably a few years before I went to college where it really started. Right. So you, like me, because I loved all the Smash games in their own ways as well. So it was Smash 64, which I actually probably go back to the most aside from Melee in terms of going backwards. I've kind of abandoned Ultimate, but let, let's just start with 64, right? Smash Remix, where they added in new characters, like a modding team that adds in new characters to 64. That's super fun. Melee's yeah. amazing. Brawl, for me, as a 13-ish year old, I was over the moon playing Subspace Emissary and playing with my friends for like, you know, free-for-all four-player battles because there was like so many more stages than in Melee and they had so many new characters and Final Smashes. It's a great casual game. That's what I will always say. You might not yeah. like the competitive side of it. Maybe you have your issues with it and that's totally fine. But casually, Brawl is amazing. And then, so good. And then in Smash 4, like same yeah. thing, casually. I, I had a lot of fun with Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate as well. But when, when it comes to going from game to game, sounds like for you it didn't happen right away where you started watching stuff on YouTube or whatever and saying, oh, wow, okay, cool. It sort of took a little bit while longer until you get to seeing Mewtwo King versus Salem, which if it was Apex 2013, if I'm recalling that correctly, let's just... That is an amazing thing in of itself because think about how far along from 2008 to like five or so years later when the meta game was really developed. It was Meta Knight, it was Ice Climbers, a little bit of Diddy Kong and Snake. Those were the four characters that a lot of people said, 
it's pretty much only those characters that can win big super majors. And then, yeah, Salem was Zero Suit Samus. I'll always respect that. That was an amazing grand final set. And then you yeah, said to yourself, I, I got to get better at Brawl because that was the game. So when did you start to turn your attention back into Melee? Was there a set that you saw or did you just play that again and realize, oh, the wave dashing thing I've heard people talking about, I can wave dash too now. I mean, how did that start to happen for you? Short after, I guess, uh, short after I saw that Brawl set, I started getting good at Brawl. My friend and I were chain grabbing. I was playing Snake. And <laughs> yeah, I was, let's go. I was like laying them down on the floor and then tech chasing. <laughs> and then he was down throw chain grabbing me with Falco over and over. I was like, you chain me. Get off, get off of me. <laughs> and then, so I started getting, I picked up Marth later. And so it was so much fun with Brawl. Soon after, uh, and maybe during like right before college or something, Smash 4 came out. Right. So Smash 4 came out. I played on the 3DS. I played online. I loved it. I found it was so fun to play. People, random people. Like, I never experienced that. Brawl online was so laggy. It was items. It was like, I, I just picked Ganondorf <laughs> and, and tried to get the Warlock punch off. I would kill, like, three people at a time every game. Just getting those, like, ah. But Smash 4, this is where I really started first playing competitively with Smash 4. It was comp actual, like, looking for tournaments. So I went... Panther's Ladder started it all for me. Panther's Ladder. Shout out. So much credit to him. Shout outs to Anther's Ladder because I went on there on the Smash 4 uh, thing and I um, started playing Shulk and Captain Falcon on there for Smash 4. And for Anther's Ladder, this is something that I always forget about because I wasn't necessarily around paying super attention, was that it not only was a forum for melee players to play a pseudo ranked system and to be able to connect on the delay based netcode at the time because Slippy wasn't out yet but this was also for Smash 4 and any other Smash game that you really wanted to play on Anther's Ladder so how much progress were you making did you feel like oh I'm getting better I'm taking names that have been beating me like maybe a few weeks ago or a few months ago and now I'm yeah. starting to beat them did you how, how did you feel like your progress was coming along as you were in college started to get into college and playing Smash 4 it was getting significantly better each time I was logging in. I was getting better. The, the format of Anther's Ladder helped me realize a competitive way of and a feeling of getting better. It was ranked matches. They mattered. Each match had something on the line. It was not just willy-nilly. It was you lose points if you lose. You gain points and notoriety if you win. There were people that were streaming on the, on the website. It, it featured those streams. I got to play Vex. Kasrani, his Ganondorf. I played him on his stream. Now I lost that set that we had, but I re I recognized this guy is good. He's got viewers, and he said my Falcon was scary. He's like that Falcon is scary. So that made me realize like, hey, I'm actually getting better at this. Uh, additionally, um, there was this Shulk player. Okay, his name was Dragon Brain. On Anthers, Dragon Brain, if you listen to this, this channel's gonna <laughs> blow up. This guy, he plays Shulk, he beat my ass every time. Man. He had my number. Well, it took a few months and he took a little, a little break, whatever. Um, by the end of me training over and over, getting to the top 10, I was in the top 10 of Anthers Ladder at the time, I believe, top 10, top 15, I started beating him every time the same shulk and i realized oh my god it hasn't been that long but i've gotten better 
I've gotten so much better and this can happen with this and this can happen with anything. This can happen with anything. Mac, would you say that your competitive drive came from playing on Anther's Ladder, starting to realize, I want to get better playing Brawl, I want to get better at playing Smash 4? Did you think that you were really competitive in anything else, like playing with, outside with your friends, or, or maybe perhaps being competitive in school, or competitive in anything else? Did this light that fire inside of you? I think that I've always been competitive. I always want to survive, I want to surpass, I want to be better. Um, it comes out in different forms. Um, it may come out in school, it may come out as being the funniest funniest kid in the class. It may come out as, you know, just just being able to race, random race on at recess, go as fast as you can, see who can win. It's just like always been there. But Melee and Smash has so uh, so far amplified that tenfold more and it's increasing and it's leaking into my other areas of life and I hope that it shows into other people's lives that I can inspire. So that's something that I feel like is true for just about everyone who plays Melee or plays any Smash game is that they have they might be competitive before they start playing right because I think to a certain degree everybody has a little bit of that inside themselves it's part of the human nature right but then you either learn lessons about about losing but here are things you can learn from that embracing the fact that somebody might be better than you for now but here's how you can go about improving and then learning how to beat the person who who just won today and you're the person who lost today but it can't stay that way forever if you continue to want to get better like discovering that competitive side of it because sure most people say they would rather win than lose but i think that smash and melee in particular has this amazing way of forcing you to really start digging deeper than just oh i lost today well maybe i'll do better tomorrow it becomes a much more specific tuned question of saying i know why i lost today and i know how to get better and I need to spend the time, I need to put in the effort, and I need to do everything. I have to look at it from all kinds of angles. I could do coaching, yeah. for, or I could get coached by somebody else, right? I could review yeah. the set that I just lost by watching it over again. I could do all kinds of stuff. It's not just about you know playing a lot or practicing tech. It, it has so many different ways of improving, of going about the question of, how do I beat the person I just lost to today? Where you can go back to Dragon Brain and say, Shulk is not a character that Captain Falcon worries about anymore. Not when you play my Captain Falcon, Dragon Brain. Yes. I love what you said there. Smash, it's a competitive outlet. It simplifies the improvement process. It's a thing that you can directly look at and see, I lost. It's on me. It's a 1v1 thing. In order for me to win, I need to reflect. I need to sit with that loss. I need to understand that I need to fix something and I need to change in order to get better. Um, so that's why I love it. So I started with, um, yeah, on Anthers on Smash 4, shortly after I went to college. And that's where it really all started. I'll, I'll tell you about that. I have to get my chicken. Yes, let's get the chicken. While you're doing that, I have a couple of things that I'll say in terms of housekeeping for this. You do that, good? Okay, so while Mac is getting his chicken, I am going to talk a little bit about my recent 
diversion into the video essay realm, this is something that I am continuing to plan on doing for 2022. I don't know how many I will make, but I'm sort of hoping make one video essay a month where by the end of the year, I'll make 12 of them. And that seems like a good number for most, most channels. There are the Summoning Salts of the World or Practical Tasks. Those are two video essay people I look up to who make really, really good videos and might only make six or eight a year at the most. But then, of course, there are other YouTube channels, and I know that there are plenty of them out there, where they make a video essay one a week, which that is a crazy number. I guess if there's 52 weeks in a year, then that'd be 52 video essays by the end of the year. But I know that a lot of you probably think that I make a lot of podcasts or, or enough podcast episodes because I look back at the numbers and analytics, right? I see how people will listen to a podcast episode several days after I make it. And then if I do two podcast episodes within a few days, it takes even longer than that for people to quote unquote catch up. Now I can't see specific names or anything, so don't panic. I can only see numbers. I don't see any names. I just see numbers. So I, I think that a lot of you might get concerned if you're at that level of liking me as a content creator, might be a little concerned that I'll try to dive in too hard and say, I can make so many video essays, but trust me and believe me, I will try to keep it to just one a month at the most. I have a couple of different ideas. I already am planning the February one, so... For all of you who are specifically here to think or talk about me, that is an update of what I'm doing. And wow, perfect timing. You didn't shovel right. that all down. Did you bring a plate back? I didn't see a plate. No, I just scarfed some energy down so I can just like just be here and be, uh, you know, just be me. I love that. I love that. So college is when things start to take off for you. Yes. So college. Okay. So. I went to Marquette University and it is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There, I was a freshman. It was an all boys dorm. People were experimenting. They were like dr drinking. I was like the first time I saw like a lot of drinking. Like those people were going crazy. But uh, it was the college dorms, man. And um, there in a faded college dorm, um, sh uh, a man by the last name of Shankman. He and his brother, or not his brother, his roommate, Will, had a GameCube. They had a GameCube. They had the Melee set up, okay? We flocked toward that game. Yeah, they had Double Dash, whatever. Melee. Melee is the best game. Melee, go there. Uh, four person, you know, we could do items, no items, whatever. Okay, I played Falcon. Now, the, the origin story for Falcon is I always played Mario when I played Melee. I played Mario, I would do, I would like spam down smash. I would do uh, the jab three times oh. down smash. Jab three down, jab three times down smash or jab three times forward smash was my bread and butter. It destroyed kids. And every time I get on the ledge, I immediately get up attack. His, like he does like a flip with, and he kicks the air. Yes. It's, that was a very good get up attack. So I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It was, beating up my little sister. I was like, I'm so good. I'm beating up this little sister. And uh, I had my cousin, you get, he's four years old, but he gets pissed as fuck. He gets so pissed <laughs> when 
I beat him. I beat him at melee in uh, Sonic Adventure Two Battle. He'd throw the controller at the wall. He'd be like, "You should." <laughs> yes, I'd have to like sometimes let him win because it was too much. <laughs> You're learning how to but, read the room. <laughs> yes, I'm making reads in the room and in the game. <laughs> and I, I found, I thought it was good. Later on in middle school, okay, I, I go to this my friend's house. They're playing Magic the Gathering. It was M M twelve M eleven set. This this means it was early on. It was like twenty ten. I thought I was gonna beat their ass with Mario. Okay, I thought I'm good at Smash. Play melee. My friend Sam Christie plays Falcon. Okay, I'm getting my ass beat. This guy is using up air. He's up airing me over and over, up air, up air, up air, up air. I'm like, I can't get to the ground, up air, up air. I don't have my jump, I'm done. That's my stock, what the heck's going on? Wow, Falcon. Fast forward to another time, uh, Tim Dugan, the guy, he went to Northwestern. He was in a Smash Club, this is before I went to college, before I was playing Brawl. We played Melee, he played Marth and Falcon. It's like, Falcon is good. Why well, I chose Falcon. In these 4v4 or uh, free for all uh, games in college, and I grinded casually there. Now, okay, there was a guy in the dorm. Me and him talked particularly more serious about, about Smash all of a sudden. We started playing one on one instead of just four casual. His name was Matthew Eisenstark, okay? O'Donnell dorm in Milwaukee. He played Peach. He played Peach. Okay. I was getting my ass beat by that Peach. All right, we got. I got it to a point where we're going back and forth. But as you know, Cipher, Peach down smash, and low level. It's too good. <laughs> it's too good. You first learned about. Crouch canceling, you're like, crouch canceling is good against everything else. I take 50 damage from get, from holding down, right? Crab Destroyer, you know, I, I got eight stocks playing against the Peach in my tournament. <laughs> I just uh, floated above my Falco lasers. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> oh my God, it's like my, my move isn't working anymore. This character is not a character. It's not like everybody else where they jump and like, whoo, They're like floating <laughs> in the air. This is like a... What is going on? So Matthew Eisenstark and I grinded it out, okay? I learned very quickly how to space way better because I can't get hit by this down smash. I need to kill this guy. He's living forever. I have to be careful about the edge guarding. When I started wanting to beat Matthew Eisenstark, I found the dock, okay? I found the scar combo videos, okay? I killed Mufasa. I found... The hacks money combo videos, Genesis. I uh, I found um, all of these things that lit the fire even more. Wow, you can do that. A friend, I had a friend in college. Okay, his name was Zach. He played Sheik. He called Sheik forward air the pimp slap. He said, <laughs> "I'm gonna get you with the pimp slap." That guy. I started watching competitive matches. That guy told me and i believed him he said yeah those competitive matches like i've looked at them before they're all sped up like they speed them up like two times two to 
like just keep it going fast. It's like, wow, this they do. Why do they do that? And I looked at, I looked at it. I was like, those guys are actually moving that fast. What the hell are you talking about, Zach? These guys are, are freaking gods. They're like do, 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 wave dash, like wave land over, over here. Um, uh, <laughs> so I realized then the curve of what's of of what's possible and so when i i watched the doc i got super super inspired i have i love the doc i watched the doc um during finals week i think <laughs> for a little bit but i watched the doc so well done knew what i knew which game I was playing. I, I instantly knew this game has so much more tech. I played Brawl. I had played Smash 4. This game is deep. This is this game is cool. Hacks, Scar, Scar. Um, I watched over and over that Falcon Round Robin. Okay? S2J, Hacks, Lord, Silent Spectre. Okay? There was a Round Robin Falcon. I watched that over and over. S2J and Lord had that moment. Where S2J had the, it was cliff transformation on Pokemon Stadium. And S2J, he goes for that extra stomp because he had the legend. Lord was recovering and Lord was dead. But he let go and went for the extra stomp. Because it's, because it's S2J and he doesn't want to end like that. Lord. Um, Lord upbees him. You know, S2J upbees him back. Lord attacks the stage. Wall jumps and knees S2J back. <laughs> best, best moment ever. So I, so that was among, and it just has this budding falcon that's just starting out. Melee's so deep. I was like, yeah, I want to get good. I want to play this more. Mm -hmm. And you yeah, want so you want that moment for yourself. You're thinking I can get good enough where I can have a moment like that. Did you did you like put that connection in your head right away, or were you just like had to process it first to be like, what just happened? I love the moment. I love watching it. I love as a spectator watching that moment. I can't imagine. I can't fathom what it's like to watch that live. I want to create those moments to, to show for other spectators too. And I want to be more involved in the spectator process. Already moments were being created in the college dorm that were similar for me at that level, spiking multiple people at once in the free-for-alls doing whatever. Yeah. And then of course, you're also playing the Peach one-on-one -on -one and learning how to space correctly, learning how to play someone who that's it's just you and them on the screen. There's not really an excuse behind the whole chaos environment, although doubles still embrace the chaos. But when it's just one v one, you really have to start thinking at so many different levels of I want to go to this point. I want to go further down. I'm going to go back up. I'm going to go back down because uh, what I really love about melee is that certain things will come into style. They'll be like really good in that phase of the meta game, and then. A couple of months later or two years later, all of a sudden, it's not good anymore. Nope. Everybody knows how to deal with it. Everybody knows how to get around it with their own characters. And now it doesn't work anymore. But then a couple months later or a couple of years later, all of a sudden, it's back. It's in style again. Nobody knows how to defend against it again. And all of a sudden, it's oh, a great option. And so like, yes. I think that just goes to the whole 
Melee is deep enough that it's not just about frame data because it would be solved by now if it were just frame data no, for Melee. It's not all about frame data. It's constantly changing. Like you are saying, it's flipping unto itself. It is a fractal. It is re represented in the game and outside when we talk about the overall meta or we talk about mix-ups, rock, paper, scissors, moments. Is this guy going to, how is he going to recover? It's all mixing it's not a solved game. Each game is completely different. It is infinitely deep, and there's information missing from the game all the time, and players play so different. You can start to tell that I recognize that player just by his play. I know that guy. It's that deep. It's that telling. So when do you start to say, I'm going to go and enter in tournaments? I'm ready to start doing tournaments. Because you've been doing, you've done tournaments and you played with lots of people by then in college when you were playing Melee a little bit more. But when did the tournament start for you? So after playing with Matthew Eisenstark, grinding it up, I actually found some friends. Um, I, it was, um, his tag was King Fedora. Okay. Um, so, okay, here's what happened, man. Here's what happened. My friend Amir, all right, childhood friend, we were the ones that grind out Brawl. He was chain grabbing with Mel Falco, okay? Amir lived in another dorm, all right, in Marquette. Part of the reason I went to Marquette is Amir, Amir. In Amir's dorm on the 12th floor, wherever he's at, 8th floor, there's two guys, Matthew Yuck, and Jake Reesh. All right, Matthew Yuck and Jake Reesh, they play Project M, okay? I like Smash, we're playing Smash. What's Project M? Okay, they're playing Project M. We visit them. They're on the same floor. So I go visit, and then he's like, I see this Matthew Yuck, he's playing Fox, and he's doing like, he's moving. Like, I've never seen that movement. I have not been paying attention to Fox. Like, I've been looking at like, Falcon or whatever, like I had not seen that wave shine. It was so clean, what he's doing. I was like, what is going on here? So I was like, that is so cool. We played a session with him. Matthew Huck invites me, cause I'm like, I love Smash, to go to King Fedora's house, okay? King Fedora is in Matthew Yuck's grade. Amir in Matthew Yuck, Jake Reesh, King Fedora, all year above, okay? So I'm like, ooh, I'm kinda like the kid, like, it's like hanging out with these older kids. Go to King Fedora's, place there is Matthew Yuck King Fedora and I think uh, uh, Matthew Mogensen okay Matthew Mogensen he's Matt Mog he is uh, a Minnesota player um, and um, so with those guys I started out they actually knew wave dashing competitive melee how to play it. Like, I didn't even, I just saw the combo videos and I was just fucking around. But those guys knew what was up. And King Fedora, I, ca I started calling him Senpai. Because he played, he played Marth. He played Marth. And I was just like trying out, like, I tried out Falco one thing. And I was only spamming F-Smash. And I almost won, only spamming F-Smash. Because I don't know any of the tech. But I know how to do smash attacks. I've been doing it for years. Right? So, so... We developed this group that I go over and over, and I play in Falcon, and I'm just getting better at the game with them because I found a group that was better than the casual. Like, I'm just trying to start, start getting better. Yep, it was King Fedora.
And they're saying to you, we also go to tournaments, or is it just still at Marquette just going, well, now we're all trying to get better because we know the doc, we know the tech, we speak the same language. That's so important. Like when I play casually with people who are not nearly as involved with Melee and Smash as I am, I just I want to say stuff, you know? I'm like, even like, they don't even get Isaiah's too good. <laughs> they don't even get that reference. And anyone who's anyone who's watched the doc would know that, but they don't even get that reference. So you're able to speak the same language as these guys, which I'm sure was amazing for you. Despite the fact that, of course, we're you know you're there to do school, but you're also there to play lots of melee, to play lots yep. of smash. It was amazing to me. It was exactly what I was looking for. These guys knew knew what was up. They were well connected in the community. They started running their own tournaments called Friday AF, and they had brought uh, local legends like John Money, uh, uh, Elefante, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh, Wisconsin players. They brought them to the house tournament and we ran that additionally there was the construct at 42 alehouse that was my first uh tournament that i went to i tried my hand at um after that you know i started getting better like uh realizing more about competition like just i had so much fun making so many friends i had so much the social like the community i was blown away by the community that was there people willing to help people cheering you on people recognition i was glad that i was able to belong somewhere and people are just so i'm so grateful for that people are so nice like they're so welcoming in the smash community and i think part of that is they understand the value of their game and they understand the depth so i am so grateful for that to this day and that's another really important part of all of this too in your journey. It's not just about getting better and starting to beat people who had been beating you before. You would, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, even before we got to this part of the interview, where you're saying <clears throat> the community is also just as amazing as the game itself. The game being great is a is a very important reason why we're all still here. But I think overall we have a lot of people who want to see everyone get better, you know, all, all ships rising, that sort of mentality. Always going to be the competitive side that slips into trying to be the best in, I don't know, like content creation or, or running tournaments or whatever. That The pride is still there, but for the most part, I think that people recognize the people who are here, people who play Melee still, who are in Twitch chats, who are running the tournaments, who are making videos about it, or, or doing anything and participating are really cool people just by default. It's amazing to have even a community of this size. And the only way that it gets bigger is continuing to remember, yes, people tend to show up in places where they feel welcome, where they feel safe, where they feel valued. So even in a competitive environment, that can translate to you winning and saying, hey, I saw that you were doing this during the game, and I think that was really good. Here's a couple of other ways where I think you can get better. Like, the, you know, just teaching the next generation on or the next people who are new, bringing them up and saying, we're happy that you're here. It's so important. I mean, the most important part of where a human life in a human life is when you fall, when you lose, when your mind tells you that you want to give up, that when it gets hard, okay, that's the most important part. Because that is the time where you find and you dig in order to stand up and continue fighting and continue getting better. Yeah, we have a lot of footage. 
We have the, the community, these tournaments, people are bound to lose. People are bound to have ugly moments. They hate, they don't like losing. It's part of their identity. They're trying to win. They're trying desperately to, the, why are they there? They're not there to waste their time. They want to win. This is what we have controller spikes. We have salty moments. We have this, people are reacting to that. And it all happens because this is a competitive outlet where you're forced to look at yourself and you lose, it's not a good feeling. And that is, even though it's not a good feeling, it's an important part. And I found that despite losing, the community was still there to show me the way to get better. And that's so, uh, uh, that, that translates to a lot of different parts of the Melee community. And that's so cool. That's so cool, Mac. Yes. Yes. That's the whole point. It's to get people up. Get in the gym. Get better. If you, you know, you have a breakup. If you, if you fell down the stairs, you broke a leg. You know, break a leg with your, with your time picking yourself back up. Good luck. I'm, everybody wants to see every other human being succeed and be their best potential. We all know this. The best way to do that is to dig deep and find what this plane, external plane, internally look, see what it asks of you to do. Find your goal and desperately work towards it. So I mentioned Smash World Tour when we started, right? That's when I first saw you. I'm minding my own business. I'm watching probably like VGBC3 or VGBC4 on Twitch. And you're playing against KJH. And again, I am minding my own business. I'm like, okay, I know who KJH is. It's really cool that he's coming back to play competitively again. Don't know who Mech is. Who's Mech? Okay, yes, knows how to move, knows how to combo. That's very cool. And then it's FD, Final Destination. It's one stomp, two stomps. It's like three stomps, stomps maybe. A reverse hit back air. Uh, just a delayed a little extra up air. And then, not a knee, but a helmet spike. And, and Waffles, homemade Waffles is on the mic going, Stop it! Stop it! This man just gave him the welcome back to Melee treatment. That was, I got, I was like, oh! And so I posted that clip onto Reddit. You said, you like gave it an award or whatever. I don't know how Reddit works. And that's how we got connected, but like, how did you get to the point where I'm hearing about you in Smash World Tour? Are you grinding netplay events over Slippy? So, so this is past the whole college thing and everything. Now, now you're playing Slippy events. So were you doing that a lot at the start of the pandemic when, when, when Slippy first got released in June of 2020? Or was this only more towards the end of last year? When are you starting to really grind netplay events? Well, as soon as I could get Slippy, I got it. I loved it. I tried unranked. Um, as soon as I understood what Smash.gg, like the online tournaments, I started entering those. Um, I, I, uh, I moved to Texas and back. There at Texas, I was able to experience um, Google Fiber. Ooh. There I experienced a new, new community. So I was entering more and more tournaments. Yes, that's the, I answered the question. Yes, I, I started at the, at the beginning of uh, when I could Slippy entering the tournaments, um, and Smash World Tour was recent. It was in uh, December, if I'm correctly, and I uh, roomed with No Fluxes, Swooper, and Eggy. We split the costs, and we made it happen. Um, and uh, 
you know, the, for the KJH set, I, I knew, I knew I'm trying like, I see one of my big inspirations is no fluxes, right? No fluxes is an inspiration to me because that guy, he actually grinds. He works hard. Uh, you know, his story, he has a, he had a sort of trauma incident where he had, he was in a, uh, an unhealthy position. He his health wasn't doing well, and he had to build himself back up. Uh, so he built himself back up, and he started lifting weights, and he started getting deadlift PRs, and he started doing more. And he started this stream up, and now the guy's got a thousand followers. And when I and him and I talk in Discord personally a lot, and he talks about, he just talks about he wants to. It's kind of this. We have a similar mindset. He wants to lead. He wants to lead. He wants to get better, um, and he wants to be the best gamer. Um, and just one of my inspirations because he is, despite everything that's against him, he is he is working hard. And so I thought, you know what? I want to do that uh, too. I, like he said, I'm going. He said, I'm going to Genesis. I'm going to this tournament. I got to make it. I'm going to SmashCon. I got to get more fame. I want to work hard. I'm doing this. I got to do it, man. He keeps talking about it. I literally, every time I talk to that guy, he talks about his, his goals and his dreams. So I realized, like, if you really want to make it happen, you got to be obsessed. Your dream because, becomes a nightmare because you're working <laughs> your ass off. You're working your ass off every day. It's gonna, you're going to suffer. You're going to work your ass off. And this dream is going to become a nightmare because you're going nuts. And you're, you got to calm yourself down, too. You have got to have self-control. And, and so seeing his work ethic, it brought me to this conclusion that I need to suffer. I need to work harder than ever because I know in my heart what I want to do. I want to be the best Falcon. I want to be the best player that I can be. And that's what started um, me um, before the KJH set. I got up. I went to the gym. I got to the gym before Wizzy. I saw Wizzy there uh, at the gym, I think. I was working out, uh, uh, just walking on the thing. I meditated. I went, in, uh, I went in the pool. I ate a good breakfast. And I was like, you know, I, I want to do as best as I can in this bracket. Whatever happens, I'll have the footage. I want to get better. I know my path. And that's when the KJH upset happened. And you come out of that, it's obviously great. You're starting to see a little bit of the results that you're seeing. But I think one thing that always happens at a certain point, whatever part of the journey where this happens, is a certain feeling of plateauing, right? There's a curve, but then everybody does encounter a part where those noticeable signs of improvements wane off and you're going, wait a minute, have I gotten better in the past week or have I gotten better in the past month? Have I sort of hit the ceiling, if you will? Is this as far as I go? Do I want to keep going? But after you win a big set like that, I think that that temptation can come through. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. I think that's something that we all have to deal with where we hit a pillar of success that we've been striving for. And then we start to feel like almost like a natural regression. So for you, what's your mindset behind continuing to strive to greater and greater heights? The mind is always going to want to play tricks on you to get more comfortable. It's always going to want to justify not going, getting to work and getting in the gym and going and working hard. When you right after your big success or after you see results, you're going to want to slow down. 
Your, your self is going to say, hey, you got this win. You got a Reddit post. You got an award. Someone asked me to interview you. You're feeling pretty good. No, I make it a point to actively combat that. I know that my work's not done until I'm number one. And until I'm number one and inspiring, and until I'm number one and I'm able to relay how I got there, I want to document and share that. My work is never done. You can always work harder. I actively combat that by recognizing feeling comfortable when I take a set, make an upset, whether it's KJH or Ben, it's not the end. That there's other things to happen. And with playing net play events, I mean, you were entering probably one, at least one event a night for the past week. And I'm seeing that you had lost a set to JFlex here or a set there. And it it's tough to stay high or to stay low when you know that the very next night you're going to have another shot to do it all again in another bracket. So is that helpful to you? Do you find it helpful to say after a big moment of awesome or a big moment of no, that was not good, you say to yourself, okay, tomorrow night I get to start fresh over. As compared to in the past, I mean, I'm going back to the dark ages here, but Melee players had to either hold the L for months at a time or they got to be the champ for months at a time. Meanwhile, the modern Melee player gets to be able to say, I can just wash that away and do another bracket either later tonight or at the very latest tomorrow night because there's there's something happen almost every single night consistently week in yeah. and week out for Melee. So do you embrace that? Is that something that's very important to you? I absolutely embrace it. It's very important to me. I enjoy this era. I enjoy its utility. I fully take advantage of it. I think more now than ever, people can get better. More now than ever, there are constantly every tournaments every day, and it's all over. I take full advantage. I encourage others to do the same if you want to get good. Yes, I do. I do. I did a tournament uh, a night. Uh, I did one one of these nights a couple nights ago. I did seven tournaments in one night. Oh, you I did, did it. it, dude! I did. I did seven tournaments in one night. Why? I did it because that's what a champ does. They challenge themselves and do the unthinkable. And I tried it and it was entertaining for stream. I was speed running. I was killing myself when I was getting Edgarded because it was faster. I was speed running because <laughs> I needed to get get to another bracket. And you know what? The TOs, the TOs did not like it one bit. I had to make sacrifices. I got DQ'd from four tournaments. I liked every tweet that said that Mech is being on. Uh, uh, disrespectful to TOs. And guess what? Some of those people ended up following me after they saw what I was all about. Okay, so uh, this is a good time to bring up the Patreon question that I have from my uh, one of my Patreon subs and Drew, who says, how do you want to be seen by the community? This is a great time to talk about that because as much as everyone in Melee, and I do mean everyone, respects the grind, when they see somebody who's constantly streaming or constantly practicing, Whatever the case may be, people talk about Zane. We were talking about Zane earlier in the grind set. We were talking about Wizrobe, someone who is relentlessly practicing and saying, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. There are players like that for certain. And you entering in a lot of events, it reminds me of other players who like to enter in a lot of net play events. But then the price of that is, yes, you're holding up at least one or two or three or four brackets if you're in seven events at once. So 
when you're when you're doing that and you're trying to juggle the ideology of I want to work as hard as I can, and also the the part that I know is important to you is the uh, the the respectful factor, like being a, a positive force in the community as compared to a negative one. How do you how do you balance those things? I know that we talked about the a few nights ago, <laughs> and I did see. I did see um, somebody was saying that Mech was in a lot of netplay events. I did not know it was seven. <laughs> That's so many. But when you went in general, in general, would you feel like this upcoming week? How do you how do you want to either change or keep it the same in terms of how many oh. netplay events you were entering? Thank you very much. So two things. I love this community so much. I have so much respect for the TOs that do the work to put in to get these events running. I think it's important as a player in the community to adapt and be reflective based on the feedback. Some, some of these extremities of things that happen are important for the community in order for new rules to come out. It, the, uh, I think I will not be entering a similar amount of tournaments. I don't think I'll, I'll I think I'll rarely enter two tournaments uh, at once myself if they're around the same time because I have received the feedback. I am open. I do listen. I do see and I do want to get better as a respectful and kind and honest person in the community. Now what? Now, number two, what I will say is I think it is helpful for these extremities to come out, as I have said entering seven tournaments to show what someone should and shouldn't do. I have pioneered that. I have provided that content. It probably will never be done again. People will get immediately DQ'd. I'm thinking about making a YouTube video off of it. But what I think that it helps in a way that I think it helps is now tournament organizers can put in their homepage or in their tournament rules. They can say no multi-tournaments, no multi-tournament attendees that way it'll completely bar off anybody that's trying to do multi-tournaments it will make the message clear because now as it has been a sort of social stigma it's been a sort of unspoken rule that you should not multi-tournament uh, multi it is lame it's not respectful to the community i think that it should be a set rule even though now I have learned enough, even just by the social standard, I will respect the TO's wishes and do the best that I can. I think moving forward and progressing as a community in this new online era, it should be a spoken rule that is put so that we can improve our tournaments for all. That's a really great way to summarize that. And I love the fact that you want to be a listening ear, especially to people who I mean, TOs are not at the top of the list of garnering respect by community members. I think that most of us understand the value of TOs, but it's not normally broadcasted out. TOs usually have to kind of fend for themselves, if that makes sense. I feel like I see more often than not when a TO speaks up, it's other TOs who come to support that person who's uh, speaking out and saying, I'm having a rough time with running this event for whatever reason. It's not necessarily because of you. I'm not trying to be specific. I am trying to generalize, but... I love seeing when it's more than just other TOs who come to support someone who's saying, I'm having a hard time running an event, that it's community members, it's the attendees who know that TO and say, hey, that that person's a homie and I don't want that. I don't want this to be a, a larger burden than running a tournament already is for them. So 
please be respectful or whatever the whatever the discourse might be so i love hearing that that you have learned a uh yes a, a lesson of maybe seven at once is a little much and that there are times where you can enter in an East Coast bracket that starts at this time, but then West Coast brackets are going to start later. They probably won't intersect, if at all. So I could probably do a couple tournaments a night without ruffling too many feathers. That there's like there's a middle ground where you find out this is the extremity. <laughs> this is probably the part where we don't want to go to. And yes, it helps. Like you said, TOs can put in a new rule. You need LAN, no Wi-Fi, and also no multi-tournaments. <laughs> That it would also be, be good. Mech. It should be called the mech rule. <laughs> the mech rule. <laughs> they Don't probably, enter seven tournaments. They probably want to call it... Uh, I'm sure that BBB would come after you and be like, I, I grind net play events. Didn't you see E-Tossed? Didn't you see E-Tossed like most sets played? I'm pretty sure BBB played more online Smash GG sets in, in, in online brackets in the past year or so than like almost anybody else. So I wonder yeah. if BBB would have like, hey, I want a little namesake here. Can we have it be the Mech BBB or the BBB Mech rule? <laughs> anyway, anyway, I would, anyway, I would not, I would not negotiate with him. No I negotiating. <laughs> Wait, okay. So I, I was about to say Fight Club it, but we have to talk about other Fight Club stuff. This is, this is new. This is recent. This is today, and this recording will be coming out later tonight. So this is fresh enough that we can talk about this. Ryo Beat, who runs a very nice little thing going on with the nightclub, and now, more nowadays, also Fight Club, trying to have these salty sweets, these beefs, players who say, hey, I have, a, I have this little rivalry thing. I want to be able to hash this out in front of an audience. I think this is a great idea because Toph was striking gold with King of the Cube to him and Atriox. Yeah. I really want to see that comeback, by the way. Shouts to Toph and Atriox. Please, yeah, please bring out. me back. Because Gatsu is the king of the cubes right now, and I want to see Gatsu play some more sets. Anyway, anyway. Me too. Yes, yes. You're a fan. That was too. such a great format. That yes. was such a great format. Yes, go Gatsu. Ahead. Let's go Gatsu. Okay, sorry. But for Fight Club, Ryobeat says, hey, anybody want to bring the beef? And you are one of the people that are coming up because I think, let's see. It's somebody saying, oh, SSBM, Kida versus literally any Falcon on the planet. Or, and then you kind of come in <laughs> a little bit of heat. SSBM underscore Kita is a fraud and will be easy money. Guy thinks it's cool to cheese Ganon. Well, guess what? He's about to be cheesed by discipline and hard work, a.k.a. soft knee offstage. It's going to be 5-0. And then Kita comes out. Falcon mains really act like they're the ones doing the thing, and it's not just entropy. And my broken brain giving them the W. You come back. My no, your mentality is dog droppings. Fight against entropy. Fix your brain. You ain't giving me anything. I'm taking the W five straight times. So that's the smack talk currently. I don't know who this person is. Smack talk. Can you, can, you, smack talk. Can, can you tell me why this set needs to happen between you and Keita for the next fight club? Well, I think that I am a proprietor for good mentality. I want to inspire others to challenge themselves. Keita represents bad mentality. He has stated that he wishes to enter tournaments and employ the worst mentality that he can think of and still win. I am disgusted by the notion. I do not want that to enter the community. I want people to build their mentalities up. I think the mind is the deepest part of the game. 
I just want to I just want to defend the community from that type of mentality. I want to I want to put this guy in his place. He looks like his profile picture. It's just a gray blob on on the twi on Twitter, and I want to beat up five zero. That would be awesome to see that potentially happen. Or honestly, Mac, I feel like you sort of have that coming up style of saying, I'll, I'll just take on anyone. You know, you put me in the ring with anyone, and I'd be happy to take them on. Sort of have that mindset as well, or would you disagree? Uh, with win or lose, I benefit. Uh, I think everybody benefits in my stream because you just, if you win, okay, good. You have, you know, you're uh, validated. It's working. If you lose, you have something to work on. And you have something to fix. So I'm, I'm if they pick me up, I'm happy to do that. Awesome. So whether it's at Fight Club or the next week's round of tournaments, we can obviously find you there. But Mech, where else can we find you? So I have the, uh, right, if you have, I have the Twitter, slash SSB Mech. Tune in, combos, push-ups, hard work, discipline. Get in there. I have my Twitch stream at SSB Mech. We are grinding out tournaments every single day. It's happening. We're going to do some runs. We're going to make some upsets. And uh, last but not least, Reddit. I'm posting on there often. Uh, SSR, uh, uh, Reddit is SSB Mech. That's my profile. And the YouTube as well, SSB Mech, for people who want to see YouTube videos in the future. Because you're already doing those. But you might also be trying to document your experience with the seven tournament night a little bit, lessons learned, all that fun stuff, highlights. Yes, absolutely. That is something that is in, uh, in the future. Um, and then yes. this will not be as much fun for the non-watchers, for, non for the listeners of the podcast. This is not going to be as much fun for you. But I was thinking, and you can say no, but I was thinking that we could try to do as many push-ups in a row right now to end the interview. Let's do it. Okay, I gotta point this. Inspire others, man. I got 26 last time. All right, man. Inspire others, man. Come on. Let's do it, man. Get, get to work. Get to work. One. I ain't stopping. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, Uh, I think I did like 24. Woo! Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Woo! Everybody. I lost my chair. Woo! Yeah. Good job, Southwood. Let's go, Meg. Let's so go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank Woo! you so much. It is an absolute honor. You are a pillar in this community. You are a great sage. You are collaborating you are funneling in all of these great minds and people into one place i am so happy for you you are doing a great job thank you very much for coming on bottom of smash mountain with me mech thank you for having me cypher so much 
Enjoy your evening, and I look forward to watching more of your channel.